The mic is okay. The camera, can you turn it a little bit? A little this way? Yes, a little more? That's good. Jazakallah. Inna alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina min yahdihillahu falamudilla lah wa min yudlil falahadiya lah wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu taqullaha haqqa tuqatihi wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu taqullaha wa qulu qawlan sadida yuslih lakum a'malakum wa yaghfir lakum dhunubakum wa min yuti'illaha wa rasooluhu faqad faza fawzan azima Amma ba'd I think as we're all aware we've passed that middle point of the blessed month of Ramadan and we ask Allah to accept all of our good deeds and we ask Allah to overlook any of our shortcomings and Rabbil Alameen. One of the, I think, most important things for me to keep in mind and for all of us to keep in mind is that throughout the Qur'an and the Sunnah we have the, the presence of this emphasis on finishing things strong. The Prophet ﷺ that deeds are only judged by their ending. So the beginning's important, no question, just like in a track meet. The middle's important, but what determines who wins and who doesn't specifically is the end. If someone is falling behind in the beginning of the race, if they're in the middle, in the middle of the race, but at the end, if they make that strong push in that sprint, in that track meet, and they make it across the finish line first, then they're considered to be the winner. They're considered to have won first place, regardless of the middle, regardless of the beginning. That, that has its time and its place, but what's most important is how we finish the month of Ramadan. It's no coincidence that Allah strategically and specifically placed Laylatul Qadr, the best night out of the entire year, in the last 10 nights of Ramadan. Not in the middle 10 nights, not in the first 10 nights, but specifically in the last 10 nights. Out of Allah's grace and mercy, He allows us the first two-thirds of Ramadan to essentially detox from the 11 months before that, and so we can get ready for those last 10 nights, for those last 10 days, specifically the last 10 nights though. Allah gave us this entire month of Ramadan every year. It's not like a leap year every four years, it's not every decade, it's not every hundred years. Every single year, out of Allah's grace, generosity, kindness, and mercy, He has given us Laylatul Qadr. And also out of His wisdom and mercy, He's hidden it from us. Yes, there is the opinion, and it does have weight to it, that it's the 27th night of the month of Ramadan. Even then, we can't be 100% for sure. We may have you know, evidences that indicate that, but even then, it's not specifically, exactly that night, 100,000%. We may get to 
That's, those are very good odds. But out of Allah's wisdom, out of the wisdom of the Prophet ﷺ, what are we taught? The last 10 nights of the month of Ramadan. The last 10 nights of the month of Ramadan. Why did Allah make this night so special? What is so significant about this night? Because Think about it. Because of that one night, the 10 nights are special. Because of that one night, the entire month of Ramadan is special. And what makes that night so powerful, so significant, Allah describes the night of power, Laylatul Qadr, as being better than a thousand months. This is an, this is an expression, right? We, we have something similar in English. A parent may be trying to get through to their kid, and they're not listening, and they tell them, I've told you a thousand times, right? When, when you go... Times 992. It's an expression. I have made it so abundantly clear. I told you a thousand times this is something that you need to do. For example, Allah tells us that Laylatul Qadr is when the Quran was sent down. That's when the Prophet first received revelation from Jibreel, from Allah Azza wa Jal. Iqra, read in the in connection with Laylatul Qadr. Allah gave us this entire month because of that one night. Allah gave us this entire month of fasting so we can work on emptying our stomachs and filling our souls and filling our hearts. Sometimes, you know, we may forget that. Sometimes we spend the whole day focusing on iftar time, on dinner time, and then we have this, you know, the, the, this really elaborate dinner. If you're having guests over and you want to be generous, that's good because of that intention. But if it's just the nuclear family, if it's just a couple of people, a decent, good, solid iftar will suffice. Alhamdulillah. The whole point of iftar is not the feasting. It's not the point of Ramadan. Excuse me. The whole point of Ramadan is not the feasting. It's it's. Even the fasting, as important as it is, why did Allah prescribe the, fra- the fasting? So that we may attain taqwa. The Qur'an is our GPS to Jannah. The Qur'an teaches us what it means to have taqwa. What does it mean to be a God-conscious person during the month of Ramadan and outside the month of Ramadan? When we connect with this extremely powerful message, Look at how Allah describes it. That night, Laylatul Qadr, is better than a thousand months. It's greater than an entire lifetime. One of the takeaways from this, if someone had, even if they have led a lifetime of sin, a lifetime of mistakes, but they capitalize on Laylatul Qadr and they take these last ten nights seriously, then we should have a lot of hope. There should be no question that because they made that U-turn, especially in Ramadan, especially the last 10 nights, and if they're fortunate enough to catch Laylatul Qadr with the intention that, Ya Allah, I'm trying to, there's all this stuff behind me. There are years and years regarding this past. But now I'm making that U-turn. Ya Allah, help me to come closer to you. We should have high hopes that for sure for this person, those sins are forgiven. And if there's something between them and other people that they need to fix, then they have to figure out how to do that. But the point is, can this one night delete a lifetime of mistakes? The answer is yes. Can a sincere moment of turning to Allah Azza wa Jal, sincerely seeking His forgiveness, delete a lifetime of sin? The answer is yes. 
the power of sincerity is something that we can't, we can't truly understand. Allah alone knows the secrets to sincerity, the secrets to barakah, to blessings, so on and so forth. So when I connect with the Qur'an during this month, I should do so in a way with the sincere intention that, Ya Allah, I'm trying to take that next step closer to you. You know, within that one leap, you cover a thousand miles. That's not expected of us. What does Allah expect of us? What does... After another, after another. And then through that methodology, eventually a person will get to where they're trying to go. Allah knows how we are. Allah knows how He created us. The struggle's real. It requires community. We need each other. Sometimes it feels like that. We may not feel the support that we need. But there's a reminder within that that we need community. We need each other. There's a reason why there's the term Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. There's constantly this emphasis of the community. When you go through the Qur'an, the intention isn't to start it just to finish it, whether in tarawih or reading at home or listening in the car. In and of itself, there's good in that. But that's not going to be transformative if a person has closed their own heart from the transformation the Qur'an is offering us. That's, that's up to me. It's up to me to unlock my heart and to open it to let the Qur'an in. The Qur'an is readily available. It's waiting with all of its light and blessings and beauty and nur and guidance. And Externally praying, externally fasting, but if nothing is making it into the nooks and crannies of my heart, then what's the point? The Prophet warned us of this. He warned us of people, they fast, and the only thing they get from their fasting is hunger and thirst. Nothing changes within them. There's no transformation within them. They do the outward, they do the shell, they put on a show. Nothing changes internally. He mentioned the same thing for the nights, that there are people who they pray at night in Ramadan. The only thing they get out of it is exhaustion and fatigue. Is the Prophet himself teaching us, peace and blessings be upon him, don't fast and don't pray at night? No, of course he is. He's, he's the one who taught us these things. But he's teaching us to do so holistically, as a whole person, with your whole heart, to be present and sincere when doing, the, doing these things. That's where the transformation happens. That's where a person, when they truly connect with the Quran, sin and as the heart soaks it up because it's thirsty for it already as it soaks it up then what's supposed to happen is that it permeates the entire being of that person it changes their words it changes their ears their eyes their hands where they make their money and and how they spend it how they treat their family their spouse their kids their parents their neighbors people in the masjid they notice within themselves that they genuinely and organically don't
something, they notice this strength growing within them little by little by little to leave those things and to redirect into the right direction. In order for that to happen, my heart has to be open. Allah mentions this in the Qur'an. And it, there are two sides to this coin. There's a good that will come from it. But there's also a very strict warning from Allah Himself in the same ayah. Allah says in Surah Muhammad, look at how strict the Qur'an or are there locks upon their hearts? An irresponsible Muslim will read this ayah and think, oh man, you know, this person, their heart is locked and that person, their heart is locked and so-and-so down the street, their heart is locked. Never thinking about themselves. That's the first sign that your heart is locked. You're so busy, worried about everyone else's faults and mistakes and that person needs to do this and that person. First of all, you have no control over them. You only have control over yourself. You're wasting your time. There's awareness and there's the sincerity of wanting to help. But if you're more concerned about other people and the changes they need to make as opposed to those within yourself, then the priorities need to shift. It may be true. Yes, other people need to make changes. That may be true. We're not saying that it's not true and we're unaware of that. And, but first and foremost, how am I doing? How is my heart doing? Am I doing? Because when I'm in the grave, I'm questioned who is my Lord. I'm not questioned about so-and-so down the street, so-and-so on the other side of the world, this or that person. Everyone is questioned individually. Who is your Lord? What is your deen? What do you say about this man, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? These questions are addressed to the individual. What is the, the main thing that changed within the Prophet ﷺ within the month of Ramadan? When it came to the month of Ramadan, he spent extra time with the Qur'an. He spent extra time with his teacher, Jibreel ﷺ. As a result of that, how did his community, his friends, his companions, how did the Sahaba describe him? They said that outside of the month of Ramadan, he was already the most generous of people. But in there's a direct connection there. How do you know if you're truly benefiting from the Qur'an properly, as should happen? How does that relationship with the Qur'an impact your charity? How does it impact your sadaqah? Not just financial. Harmful from the road is sadaqah. No, never underestimate any good deed, even if it's meeting your brother or sister with a smile on your face. The Prophet is teaching us that there are many different ways that we can connect with this concept of charity. And there's a beautiful story when some, some companions, they came to the Prophet ﷺ, this is in Medina, and they, and, and they were very poor. And they complained to the Prophet ﷺ that, you know, we don't have much. But there are these other companions, other folks within the community, they have more. And look, look at their paradigm, look at... That's the number one priority for them. 
So they go and they tell the Prophet that, you know, we pray and they pray and we fast and they fast, but So look at their thinking. We wish we had more money so we could give it away. We wish we had more money so we can do more good deeds. That, that's that's the, the paradigm that they had. So they, they in a sense, they're complaining to the Prophet ﷺ. And this is when the Prophet responds that he teaches them different acts of sadaqah, acts of charity. So then they got excited. Like, hey, now we, have, now we can compete with them. Now we have a leg up on them. Because we know about this, they don't know about this. And then word got out, and then they ended up learning about it too. So they, they went back to the Prophet. They're like, well, now they're doing it too. So look at their perspective, their paradigm. This is Allah's bounty. He gives it to whoever He wills. And Allah is, essentially, Allah is most generous. The beautiful thing about that is the condition of their hearts. These are hearts that were ten nights we ask Allah to make it easy for us to witness it, to benefit from it. We ask Allah to accept any of our good deeds and to overlook any of our shortcomings. Rabbana taqabal minna innaka anta sumil alim wa alayna innaka anta tawabur rahim. Subhana rabbika rabbil hazati amma yasifun. Wa salamna al mursaleen. Alhamdulillahi Is there only one box or are there more? They have one in the back too, so there's one here and one there. I think it's it's worth noting um, I want to mention one one ayah and one one hadith and, and I'll conclude inshallah. In terms of the ayah, Allah challenges each and every one of us. And again, it's important to reflect on how 
the Sahaba responded to this ayah, to this type of ayah. Allah says in Surah Ali Imran, لَن تَنَالُوا الْبِرَّ حَتَّى تُنْفِقُوا مِمَّا تُحِبُّونَ وَمَا تُنْفِقُوا مِنْ شَيْءٍ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ بِهِ عَلِيمٌ What's noteworthy here is Allah doesn't, and throughout the Qur'an, Allah doesn't mention, give charity five gold coins, give charity X amount, give charity Y amount. Allah just says give. And Allah praises people of taqwa because they're people who give something from what Allah has given them. So they understand that anything that I have is from Allah in the first place. It's not truly mine. You are in charge of whatever wealth you have for a very finite amount of time and then it moves on to someone else, whether you're alive or whether you're dead. If you're alive and you give charity, you're rewarded for that. But if you pass away and then it's inherited by people, that's different. One is intentional and, and one is, is circumstantial. In this ayah, Allah says that you're not truly pious with me. Allah is saying this. You're not truly pious, you're not going to make it to Jannah. You have not attained al-bir, piety, righteousness. Until and unless, Until and unless you give something from what you love. Think about that. Allah didn't say, until you give X amount, Y amount. Allah said, until you're not truly pious with me, you're not going to make it to Jannah until and unless you give from what you love. That could be different for everyone here. Someone may have a special place in their heart for Jordans. This ayah is challenging them. Are you willing to give something away? You have 50 pairs in perfect condition. Can you give one pair away? Take something, give it away. This is the challenge from Allah. For someone else, it could be whatever, whatever it may be. It could, it could be money. Money is fairly universal. It could be books. It could be, you name it. Allah is challenging all of us in our own lives, in our own ways. Give something from what you love. And a person may think, well, I may not be able to give that much. I can give from what I love. What if it's not that much? Look at the, the, the response of Allah. And you don't give anything at all in the path of Allah except Allah knows about it. Allah is far more concerned with the quality than the quantity. Gives. And this is the hadith. The Prophet said, give charity even if it, protect yourself from the fire by giving charity, even if it's part of a date. Nowadays, I mean, it's, that's like saying give charity even if it's a penny. The beautiful thing is, there were people who responded by doing that. It wasn't just an idea. The theory was put into practice because these were people of Qur'an. These were people of Sunnah. These were people who they sincerely wanted to nourish themselves with the teachings of Islam. And so they practiced it. It wasn't just learning, but it was also living. I want to, to highlight this because I'm here today on behalf of Ihsan Foundation for West Africa. And recently we started working in East Africa. I think many, if not all of you here, know Sidi Ibrahim Bangura. His father, Dr. Ahmed Bangura, started Ihsan back in 1996. And is supported by the likes of Imam Zaid, Imam Saraj, mashallah, many people. 
We recently started working in East Africa, and right now we're specifically campaigning for, for the, the drought in Somalia. I'll give you two numbers and conclude. If someone gives, and we have a table set up in the back, please come by, stop by, give anything afterwards. May Allah accept it from all of you. Amin. $40 will feed a family of nine for a month. $40 will feed a family of nine for an entire month. You're lucky if you and one other person, you... Maybe you get a drink, maybe you don't. But this will feed a family of nine for an entire month. That's one. Two, if we don't step in, if we don't intervene to do something, then the estimation, the estimation is by July, over a million children will end up losing their lives. Anything and everything will go far. Never underestimate the power of sincerity. was a woman who used to be a prostitute. She did something sincere. Allah accepted it. Allah forgave her. In the eyes of people, how low was she? In the eyes of Allah, how high was she? Because she did something sincere. Nowadays we say, oh, water, water in a shoe, you know, that's like 50 cents worth. What difference is that going to make? A dollar, what difference is that going to make? For her, it gave her Jannah. For her, it gave her Jannah. So the point is, we need to be sincere and we need to give something and we hope Allah accepts it from us 